After experiencing the transformative power of a regular meditation practice, it's natural to feel inspired to share this gift and guide others on their own journey of discovery through meditation. Join Buddhist teacher David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell, comedian and creator of the Netflix animated series The Midnight Gospel, for a free online event on Tuesday, May 7th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. They'll discuss the profound practices of mindfulness Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation, lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash beherenow for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell. Welcome to the Metta Hour with Sharon Salzberg, where Buddhist wisdom meets everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Be Here Now Network and features interviews with the top leaders, teachers, and thinkers of the mindfulness movement and beyond. For more information, visit BeHereNowNetwork.com backslash Sharon. I've been contemplating just sort of the nature of time these days, which is so strange, isn't it? And it reminded me of uh, many years ago, I went to Taiwan. I was I was visiting a, a meditation teacher of mine who was uh, quite elderly and had never been in great health. And uh, we went to see him in the city. And he seemed especially frail, and my heart just sank. Um, I felt very close to him. It was, uh, it was a very meaningful relationship. And he also told us when we got to see him in Taipei that he was moving to the countryside and that in a couple of days we should find him there and, and visit him there. So that day came, and there was a whole group of us who were standing outside of this hotel holding like fruit and flowers and things that we wanted to give him. And I just felt so sad. And I thought, wow, I may just see him one more time. And, and, and that's so devastating. That's so terrible. And then we each got into these different cabs and every single cab got lost and we couldn't find where he was. And then I started thinking if I could only see him one more time, that would be like the best thing in the world. And actually, we did find him, and, and he recovered, and I saw him many, many more times. Um, but, of course, I didn't know that then. And I often think about that change, you know, like what seemed like time. It was never going to be enough time, and suddenly it seemed like the most precious gift that could possibly be given to me. And I kind of find myself in that state now, you know, and and it, it points to me, points me to the recognition that I, I really do believe that how we relate to what is happening is also important. What is happening is very significant. And uh, there's tremendous stress and tremendous pressure and tremendous uncertainty. But we also have a kind of power in terms of how we relate to it. And that makes a difference. So for me, of course, just given my background, so much of that ability to relate differently comes from all my practice of meditation. And I think even if you're brand new to it, it doesn't matter because um, it, 
it provides a certain kind of tool that in no way denies the gravity of, of actually what might be going on, but also points us to what we can affect. So much of what people feel these days is how out of control everything is. And yet we have a sphere of influence. I don't know if I'd say control, but we have a sphere of influence for sure in terms of remembering our deeper values or remembering to pause and step back and take a breath and not rush into some kind of rash decision or, you know, whatever it might be. Remembering that everyone's going through a tough time and that lashing out is not going to further a relationship and, and things like that. And we can access all that wisdom and heartfelt caring but we usually need to pause. We need to step back from just the kind of general craziness that we can get involved in. So in terms of the meditation, remember there are certain skills that we develop. One is just centering. It's being able to step back, remembering to breathe. Just take a breath before you pick up that phone or before you respond to somebody so we learn how in that same process to let go some. You know, something comes up and we might normally get lost in it. We take every thought to heart, every feeling to heart, and we feel overwhelmed. Or we don't like what we're feeling and we're embarrassed. I was doing something uh, online the other day and somebody introduced me and they said, oh, she's been meditating for just about 30 years and I quickly did the mental calculation and I thought more like almost 50, you know, like, um, and I'd say that that's one of the greatest lessons I have learned is that we can relate differently to those thoughts and feelings. So normally we might take something to heart and build a whole future, which is all speculation around it or uh, a whole self image. This is, this is where I really am. And yet, we don't have to do that. We also can be so ashamed and so upset and so freaked out about what comes up that we try to deny it. And, you know, this is where I could easily think, I've been meditating for almost 50 years. I shouldn't feel that anymore. But if it comes up, it will come up. And so having that ability to recognize, oh, there's a place in the middle where I don't have to get swept up by everything and I also don't have to push it away or, or be down on myself in some way because fear has come up or anger has come up or something I don't think I should be feeling has come up. And then very profoundly, there's the skill of greater connection that arises through the process of meditation. We connect to ourselves so much more deeply than kind of a surface level and we connect to others. It's such a strong sense of, of recognition that, oh, look at that. And I think this is such a powerful time and, and where the similes, the metaphors are, are kind of crumbling. You know, the ways we describe things, they're so shifting. And uh, it's, it's also just like culture shock. Like I find myself, if I look at a photo, an old photo of something online, and I think, why are those people standing so close together? That's wrong. Uh, you know, what is this world that, that we are encountering? It's different. And 
we need to be like any culture shock. We need to be able to navigate in some way, and then we're going to navigate our way out of it. And it's it's going to be another world that that we will help create and and recreate in so many ways. And so to have that sense of greater presence and balance, not to get so lost in every passing feeling, uh, and yet to honor them, to to recognize, oh, this is this is my authentic experience right now. That's really like the play of mindfulness and recognizing how connected we all are, that however isolated we may be, we actually have such a profound connection to one another. And, and this is the reality of things. And, and, and that's why it's, it's a profound understanding. I said the similes and the metaphors are changing because I was, um, I have this book that's coming now coming out September 1st, and I was recording a couple of the guided meditations online the other day for somebody. And uh, there's a part in loving kindness practice, which is its own method of meditation, where we offer loving kindness to a neutral person. That's someone we don't especially like or dislike. Someone we're, we're almost indifferent to usually because we don't pay that much attention to them. We tend to look through them or look over them or something like that. And in common example of that, is somebody that we tend to run into now and then who plays some role in our life, but we don't really take them in much. We don't pay that much attention. And so the classic, classic example is a checkout person in the supermarket. So I was reading this to get the recording of the guided meditation, and I stopped myself and I said, no, wait a minute. Now we see these people as heroes. We don't see them as like objects, you know, that we're indifferent to. And Look at that. Uh, how we pay attention is really everything. And so we have that ability to really train our attention, to be more present, to be able to let go more easily, to have more balance, and, and to recognize how connected we are. So let's sit together. You can close your eyes if you like. Just sit comfortably. See if you can find the place where your breath is strongest for you or clearest for you. Just the normal, natural breath. That could be at the nostrils, could be at the chest, could be at the abdomen.
If you find that place, see if you can bring your attention there and just rest. See if you can feel one breath. And if you like, you can use a quiet mental notation like in, out, or rising, falling to help support the awareness of the breath, but very quiet. So your attention is really going to feeling the breath, just one breath at a time. Let the breath come to you. You don't have to rush out to find it. Settle back. And if images or sounds or sensations or emotions should arise, they're not very strong. 
You can stay connected to the feeling of the breath. Just let them flow on by your breathing. It's just one breath. a stronger experience comes up, say a strong emotion, so you could spend a few moments in just recognizing, oh, this is what's happening right now. Might help if you can just name it. It's joy, it's sorrow, whatever it is. You can recognize it. See if you can let go. Bring your attention back to the feeling of the breath.
And for all those many times, perhaps, that you are just gone, lost in thought, spun out in a fantasy, or you fall asleep, truly don't worry about it. We say the most important moment is the next moment after you've been gone. We have the chance to let go. We have the chance to begin again. Just see if you can gently let go and bring your attention back to the feeling of the breath.
And when you feel ready, you can open your eyes. And thank you for that. I, like all of us, can have the kind of habitual conditioning. Uh, I want things to happen quicker. I want instant gratification. I want um, to see exactly how things are going to unfold. And and yet I know patience isn't just like endurance and gritting your teeth and trying to get through in, in some kind of muscular way. Uh, I think I think of it as very different than that, which is getting impatient, perhaps, because I always think about beginning again, and then settling back into this is how things are right now, and what's the best I can do in this circumstance. And then in terms of manifestation, I feel like I have seen so many people through so many years, including people going through tremendous trauma. As I think I said before, I've done increasing amount of work with the gun violence community, people who've been affected by gun violence. I actually had a pen pal uh, who was an active duty soldier in Iraq, and uh, he wanted to learn meditation. And he wrote to this magazine, and they wrote to me and and said, do you know of anybody who might want to guide him? And I said, I'll keep him, you know. And so um, that was really interesting. Um, And I've just seen that there is a potential for these tools to be helpful. I'm not saying they're a panacea or, you know, it's going to solve everything, but I've seen in so many different circumstances where there's the possibility that they could be helpful. And so I just want to be able to offer them in some way. And, and uh, it's been funny for me because I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, somebody once called me an OG. I'm like the original gangster. I've been meditating for almost 50 years, and I came back from India in 1974 and as a teacher because one of my own teachers <clears throat> had suggested that I teach, so or told me to teach, really. And, and in those days, it was so um, kind of esoteric and a little weird. And, and so now to see invitations from... My last invitation was from the FDNY, Fire Department of New York, and uh, you know, to lead a, a Zoom session. And um, and I just want to—I have the intention to really uh, try to respond to the best of my ability and and be available because people have—I mean, obviously the need is very strong, and it doesn't have to be—you know—that's my particular thing, skills teaching meditation, but um, just the number of people who reach out or call somebody or or remind somebody, someone's thinking about them. Um, I, I think that's a really important thing. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be together and uh, take care. Hey folks, thanks for listening. To learn more about Sharon and her ongoing teaching schedule, as well as online courses and a free guided meditation, check out her website at SharonSalzberg.com.